follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona, and absolutely delighted to have you with us today. Now, I, I encourage you to go to the Self-Improvement blog so you can see a picture of our guest. I, I send you there every week. You know, her bio is there and the review of her book. And if you haven't been there before, it's www.theselfimprovementblog.com. Dot com, all one big long word, the selfimprovementblog.com. Nearly every one of us has been hurt at some time or other by the actions or words of someone else. Most of us ex- have experienced a loss of someone we love dearly or experienced a failure that was so huge in our life that it seemed debilitating. We needed time to grieve in these instances. And it would have been easy to throw a pity party that lasted a very, very long time. You know, maybe you've done that. You know, if you let your thoughts and emotions control you, it would be fairly easy to end up a bitter old man or a bitter old woman. We've all known someone who was bitter, and most of us don't want to be around them for very long. You know, they're bitter when everybody else is joyful, and they ruin the happy times. They're chronically unhappy and feel better if everybody else around them is unhappy too. It takes a huge toll on your own happiness and your health, not to say what it does to those around you. The bitter person is the one who suffers most from the bitterness. John Orthbert Jr. said, Bitterness is like drinking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. But, you know, like other emotions like anger, um, sadness, it's possible to make a conscious decision against bitterness. Jody Sharp is one woman who did just that. She will tell us her story and her promise to herself that she would not ever become a bitter old lady. 
Over a decade ago, when her daughter was killed in an automobile accident, Jody Sharp faced down the most difficult challenge of her life. She was determined not to just merely survive, but to live, to honor the life of her beloved daughter, her twins, her husband, and the rest of the rich life she had created before the tragedy. Her openness to healing and change led her to write her first novel, The Angel's Daughter, and I really encourage you to get this delightful little book. It is such a pleasure for me to welcome Jody Sharp to the Self-Improvement Show. Jody, welcome. Thank you, Irene. It's so nice of you to have me. Oh, I am so excited about this because this is a topic that's so needed. It's, you know, people, many, many people are not aware yet that they can take charge of their own life, that they don't have to give in to all the things that happen to them. So, you know, you're a living proof, girl, that this can be done. Tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Jody Sharp? Well... Um, I'm proud to be the mother of my twins and um, who are grown and my daughter Kate who passed away and I have um, two stepchildren that are great and four grandsons that are fabulous and I love dogs and friends and I'm a retired special education teacher. And yeah. we're going to talk about all of those <laughs> things. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit. We we know that your your daughter died in a car accident. Uh-huh. How how did you deal with that? You know, when you heard. I mean, we're all just torn apart, and and I know that. But you decided not to become bitter. What what made you think that way? I get, I guess because I've been a survivor so long of so many things in my life that when that happened, I mean, I was, you can't even describe the nightmare, devastated, whatever you want to say. And I mean, I really thought God would turn back time. I just thought it couldn't be happening to me because I loved my children so much. And as I walked down the road, I would take a walk every day. I just was determined not to be bitter because so many people are, or to have it ruin my life, and that's been my quest. I, I read, um, I've always been a student of Norman Vincent Peale, the late great minister who wrote The positive, Power of Positive Yeah. And so I just pushed, and I plowed my way through it, and I wrote um, articles I thought I would write about Kate and about loss, and... Uh, and I did write things, but I didn't publish anything. And then it just came to me 16 years later to write a book about it dedicated to her uh, about loss and love and forgiveness and all the things that I had learned through this 16-year journey of losing Kate, my daughter. Going back to, you know, to, to not too long after that time, uh-huh. or you know, what what did you think bitterness looked like? What made you look at bitterness and say, "Oh, I don't ever want to go there"? Because I why heard... bitterness? Why not anger or right? You know? Well, it's very interesting. Uh, a woman who has passed away. Um, two women, two older ladies, 
Um, one said, my, my mother lost my brother in the Second World War, and she wore black the rest of her life. Oh. And then the other one was a woman that lost two of her children. And she, they were both, like, in their 80s when they told me the story. And she said that, yes, I lost two of my daughters, but I decided that some glorious day I would see them again. And I always would have the precious memories that no one could ever take those away from me. And those yeah, yeah. two things from two women, one who had lost her brother and told me about the mother, and then the other one that lost two children, I thought, I want to be those, I want to be a wise woman. I want to live and love each day and appreciate what I have, not what I lost. Yeah, you know, and grief is hard. It's, to me, the hardest thing to get through uh, mm-hmm. because it's it, it rips you apart. There's a wonderful um, website and uh, radio show called Open to Hope. Uh-huh. It's uh, done by Gloria and Heidi Horsley, a mother-daughter team. I used to help them with their blog when they had the grief blog. And oh. and it's a wealth of comfort and wisdom, and they have uh, people from everywhere writing about how you can cope with it, how you can get through it, you know, things to do, what can, you can do on the holidays, all kinds of things that we who have not, who are not at this time in the middle of great grief, mm-hmm. um, we we don't always know the right answers. But but they can help you with that. I it just came to my mind. I hadn't really thought about talking to them on this show. But open to hope. Um, their website is open to hope dot com or org. You know what? I honestly can't remember. But oh, they're oh. very good, very solid. And you know, you know what? You you might want to take a look at that site, Jody, and write an article or two for them. You know, they have okay. people who contribute to their site, and I know. <laughs> that you have so much to contribute to no, them. No. Well, thank you. You know, I, I really do. Um, so what did you do? You had 16 years before you wrote the book. Were you teaching then? Yes. My, my students were a big part of that, helping but, me heal. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you ever heal totally. How can you? But you, you move through it, and... At first, I, I just didn't know how I was going to teach again. And then my students are, were so wonderful and so loving and so caring. Um, Dale Evans wrote a book about her daughter who had um, special needs. And right. So it, you work with special needs children. Right. And, and it was called Angels Unaware. And that's really what they are. They, they were my life's best teachers, I say, because they... They helped me through it. I had to go to work. I had to help them. I had to learn to laugh again and, and love again. And and then my own children uh, were a big help to me. I had to focus on them because um, this one story uh, was I was cleaning Elizabeth, my younger daughter's room, and I found a letter on the floor. I mean, this is right after the grief and, I mean, the, the beginning of it. At all, and it, the letter said uh, to Kate in heaven, and I opened it, 
sat down on the bed and it said, uh, Dear Kate, I miss you more than anybody else. I love you more than anyone in the whole world. But could you please help mom? Wow. I know. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, my twins need the same mother that Kate had as a teenager. Yes. They, they needed their mom to focus on them. How uh, old were your twins then? They were 15. They really needed you, didn't they? Yeah, that's not an easy time, you know. And so, but um, I did. So I had that, and then my husband needed me, and I had I had a life that I had to keep living for. And um, but I did have that one. I've had a lot of spiritual experiences that helped me write the book. Let's go back to the to the special needs children. Sure. How did they help you heal? Well, I had a, I had a uh, job teaching vocational skills and getting jobs in the community for high school students, and so I had to help them prepare for the world of work. And so we were very busy. We were out in the community. We were learning skills. But there was there's such joy in these individuals that maybe people don't realize that they have a lot more going on in their minds than anybody can really ever comprehend. And like I said, they taught me to laugh again and to focus on something other than myself and my own problems. And I always loved uh, working with them since I was a young woman. So... They, they helped me through. And, um, they kind of loved you through, didn't they? They did. That's a great. Wow, I love that. Yes, they did. And because these children are by and large so loving, there's a saying that, you know, with grief, the suffering stops, but the pain doesn't ever go away. You always are aware of it, but the suffering stops. Right. And there was a point then, I would imagine with you, that the suffering stopped and you were really able then to embrace the love that these children were giving you back. That's my guess. Yes. Well, they, they needed me and I needed them. And I, being needed in the middle of grief sometimes makes you keep on keeping on. Exactly. It's time for us to go to break. We're going to talk more with Jody Sharp when we come back, so stay tuned for more of the Self-Improvement Show. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Want the inside scoop about what's going on in the social networks of art and entertainment? 
Tune in to Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com. We'll talk to the top professionals in the entertainment industry and find out what they're working on and what's next. Your host is James Barber, who has his finger on the pulse of the arts and entertainment world. Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com, live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self improvement show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest today, Jody Sharp, who's the author of The Angel's Daughter. And what I want to know, Jody, is what inspired you? to write this book because it's such an imaginative, lovely piece. Oh, thank you. Well, so many things did. You know, of course, my late daughter Kate inspired me because I wanted to write something. Um, Even though it's a novel, it has a lot of my feelings and thoughts about losing Kate in it. But in the book, Kate is the mother that's passed away and we never meet her. But um, and I was inspired by you know my books that I read, uh, the late Norman Vincent Peale's wonderful books, and I immersed myself in those. But I was inspired also by people and the surrounding love that I would receive from friends and family, and and then I would have uh, wonderful dreams and spiritual experiences that that really inspired me also. So many things did. Hundreds, probably, of things um, and dreams and daydreams. And Why angels? Well, I always loved angels, even before they were popular. I, I bought one in the eighties, a big, a wooden angel that I loved, and I always, I always had hope. I always believed in angels, even though I never saw one with wings. Um, I have a friend who does, which is kind of interesting. I know. I'd love to see. I'd love to see an angel with wings, but so far, I've only seen angels unaware. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. I loved angels. I love the idea, and it just came to me one night as I was sleeping and trying to sleep and thinking about my books. I was writing a book, um, murder mystery. And then I decided I don't want to write about murder. I want to write something really spiritual and beautiful and positive and 
And then it just came to me to write about a half-angel who lives in a town where no one knows the secret. So that's how it all came. That's how it... (laughs) Would you say that parts of it were sort of given to you, that they just popped into your mind without you having to, you know, drum up the idea? Yeah. How did this... Yeah, when I I dreamt about um, Hannah, the main character, has uh, special tears, and that came to me in dreams. And then right after my daughter passed away, it was really the first experience that I had was I there a voice in a dream, and this is about six weeks after she passed away, and the voice said, read the book Charlotte's Web. There'll be a message in it for you. And I oh, just, Charlotte's read Web. That book. I'd never read the children's book by E.B. White. Oh, it's a wonderful little book. I know. And so I went to the bookstore, I got the book, and I read it all afternoon long. I mean, I'd never had a voice in a dream say anything to me. And and I read the life on the farm, the beautiful imagery, and the friendship of Wilbur the pig, Charlotte the spider. You know, where is this message? And there it was on the very last page. And I thought maybe I'd read it to you because it's really... Okay, yeah, let's hear it. Okay. Wilbur never forgot Charlotte. Although he loved her children and grandchildren dearly, none of the new spiders ever quite took her place in his heart. So that Uh, was such a poignant message because no one could take the place of Kate in my heart, but I had other people to love and a life to go on to. And that came in a dream. How could that come in a dream? I'd, I'd never read the book. I'd, I think my children watched a cartoon once. I knew, that, I knew there was a book, but I'd never read it. And so how could that be? So maybe an angel or someone sent it to me. Well, there's, you know, all kinds of, you know, interesting theories on where those things come from. I know. You know there's much more that we don't know about and don't understand that gives us information and protects us. And yeah, probably angels in there too. You know, and it's not the scope of the show to to go into, (laughs) um, you know, cosmic consciousness and, you know, all of those kind of things Mm -hmm. today, you know, for those of us who live in the real world and have skin and bones and all those things, an important topic is bitterness and how you get out of it and what you do about it and, you know, how you know how you deal with grief. And I think that's much more important to be real about those things than get into big, some big, long, you know, you know where I'm going with that. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the spiritual experiences? You mentioned the voice that told you to read Charlotte's Web. Now, can you share some more of those with us? Well, um, also, I had my daughter Elizabeth and myself had a dream. Each had dreams. And um, so I combined them in the book where Hannah, the main character, has a dream, and I combined those two. And they were very spiritual dreams, too. Because um, in Elizabeth's dream, um, and to make a long story short, she asked Kate in the dream, are you ever sad? And she said, I'm only sad when you are. 
And oh. that was so poor. I mean, I put, I put all these things in my book that, um, except one big one that's in my next book, but, um, you know, these things, these were spiritual or, um, back to my special ed students. I had a student named Molly who I loved so much and she didn't, she was very quiet and shy and didn't talk very much. And we're riding in the van going to work, just the two of us. And um, her mother had told her about Kate, and I didn't, I, I didn't mention it to the children because I didn't want to upset anybody. And she was crying, and I turned to her. I said, "Molly, what's wrong?" And she said, "I'm sorry about your daughter." I mean, this was like such a a, a large, a huge thing for her to say to me to express sympathy from this young teenager special needs who didn't speak much and she didn't uh, express it very often anything and it was mind-blowing so those were to me that's very spiritual to me oh it is to me too uh-huh. um, because those children have a different connection than most of us do I know and you know the, the, they many of them are very spiritual little beings they are and um well oh, and one another one that I just I love this because um well after Kate died um I said to my husband I just wish I could see an angel and then I'd know Kate was okay and he said look in the mirror oh and I loved that so much I made that a theme in the book I mean and he's not a poet and he's not a poet. No. He must have been a good part of your support system. We all need a support system yes. when we experience a huge trauma. And I don't know of a more impactful trauma than the death of a child. I, to me, that's the, that's the biggie in it, life. It is. It really yeah. is. It's, Tell us about your support system. Your, your husband who said, look in the mirror. I mean, that's huge really is because he's a man of few words I mean so but I made that a theme your and, daughters uh, obviously were my, my daughter and my son my son helped me because I sat him down a call well two or three years ago and told him the story he's a writer himself and he loved the story and he said you have to write that book and um and then I met an I went to I met an author um that read two chapters for me, and I said, do you think I should just hang it up? No, I mean, I don't know if I have any talent. She said, are you crazy? You have a story. You have to get it out there. And so the people came from all different places. Uh, casual friends would say something or really dear friends, and I made, I used a lot of their personalities in, in the characters that I wove into the, the story. And... Um, and and their dogs too and cats. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, the, you you have quite an animal rescue theme in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Did you grow up with animals? What what you know? What convinced you that you needed to have um, such an emphasis on animals and animal rescue? Well, I've always loved animals, and um, I had dogs as a child and 
my childhood was pretty chaotic, and the dogs, I thought later, realized that they were my unconditional love. Everybody says you have to have somebody as when you're a child that gives you unconditional love, and mine were my animals, and I didn't realize that till I probably, as an older person, did I realize that I had to care for them, and and I always loved them, and I always had animals, and I hated the plight of animals that are neglected and abused. I, I can hardly stand it. And uh, I have my own little rescue. We have it at our office. We have cats that just wander in, and so we adopt them and keep them, and some of them we've adopted out. And I believe in rescuing. I believe we have to because we're we're the voices of the animals. They can't get up and go to Congress and demand their rights themselves. They need someone else to help them. So I love animals, and they've they've helped me heal, too. I mean, to hug a dog and cry in the dog's fur is very comforting. And then <laughs> so, they lick your cheeks and lick the tears off. Right. I mean, they're, they're, they really are amazing, and um, they have such souls that I don't think people have explored enough, the animals. And uh, so I, my next book, too, I have that same theme because it is a big part of my life and and what I feel that we who do love animals have to stand firm and strong and try to help protect them. I couldn't agree with you more. It's time for us to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be talking more with Jody Sharp about her book, The Angel's Daughter. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things. And together, you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Which voice do you hear? The voice of your ego or the voice of your spirit? The one you listen to can determine your entire future, your decisions, your existence. Listen to Two Voices with Dr. Nick and Reverend Linda Martin. We'll identify, discover, and explore your two voices and help you to determine how they shape your life. It's an experience which can allow you to transform your ego, hear the voice of spirit more clearly, and create the life you were meant to live. Two Voices is heard Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Jody Sharp. We're talking about her book, The Angel's Daughter. This is a, a, a different kind of book. It's you know filled with wonderful imagination. Uh, Jody, what's the response that you've gotten uh, for, from your book? I'm sure some people, since it wasn't full of sex and murder and <laughs> stuff, said, uh, you know, I don't want, I don't like it. But then there must have been people who were just thrilled to have something that was so uplifting. What, what's the response been? Well, everybody seems to love the book. I'm, I'm, I was I'm amazed because I, I didn't know what the response would be. And even uh, someone, a family member who does not like dogs or animals, oh. <laughs> called me and said, I loved it. And I, I thought, what what'd you love? Because I didn't know. And she said, you're a book. You did? People love it because, I guess, because it's positive. There's hope. There's joy. And there's humor. And that's one thing I have to mention, that my sense of humor gets me through my whole life. And I try to put it a lot of it in the animals and the colorful characters. And uh, The animals were wonderful. Your, your, book, your book is wonderful because, you know, my take on it is, it makes your heart sing. It makes your soul smile. I mean, those are really way out kind of concepts. That's but nice. To me, that's how it felt. You know, the animals lived for me. The, the little fawn they found, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to hold it. You know, the, yeah. you know, uh, the, 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 the badger. Was it a badger that sat on your dad's shoulder? Squirrel. Squirrel, the squirrel. Um, I, I was always wondering what that squirrel was going to do. I mean, I love they that came. You, you made them come to life, but the kindness and the love in that book, even though, of course, there's a subplot going mm-hmm. that's hurtful. Um, you know, lo- love is more the theme, and aren't we all looking for that? Yes, that's what I think. I mean, I think that I, that's what, I think it's a choice. You know, you want to you be loved, you want to love, and so you make that choice every day. You know, am I going to be bitter? Am I going to love? Am I going to look in the rearview mirror? Am I going to be mad? Or what am I going to do with my day? And so I go to the world of my writing and how can I, have a great day with my family or my friends or how can I help somebody? I mean, these things help me get through the Abs- day. Absolutely. Especially the animals. My dogs are so funny that they could have their own TV show, except maybe only I'd watch it. <laughs> there, there is a TV show, and, and, and you're going to think I'm absolutely bonkers, but my dog and I watched this show called Dogs and People or something like that. It's on Netflix. And, oh. and, and Smarty will sit straight up and just watch the TV anytime the dogs are on. I know. They know. 
our dog watches, one of our pugs watches TV constantly, even no matter what it is, and waits for the animals to come on. I can't put on too cute on the animal planet. She goes <laughs> insane. I mean, she, she's constantly watching TV no matter what it is. And she does bark at certain people that must look like animals. Oh, you know, they have that's... fuzzy hair or their face. It's really funny. <laughs> that's funny. They are so wonderful. If you really get involved with an animal, not just to pat them on the head now and then, but really you know, get in tune with them, they're so much more than what we think of as a pet. Right. I, you know, think, they're, they're, I think they're supposed to teach us. <laughs> they know when you're sad. Yep. They know when it's time to hop around and be happy with you. Um, they really tune into you and who you are and what you're feeling. It's and and you capture this in your book. Oh, thanks. It's the first. It's the first time I've ever really gotten that kind of a feel. I got a lot of feelings from your book. Let's just say, you know, I really identified with a lot of those people and and loved it because it was so upbeat. And so positive and so loving. Oh, thank uh, you. The Angel's Daughter. Where do people find this book? Let's talk about that. Okay. How do they find you? How do they find The Angel's Daughter? Well, it's on Amazon um, as a paperback and then also Kindle. So that's where it is. And then I have a Facebook page. Um, I thought to have a website, but I don't know. Um, and it's the... Um, the angel's daughter, but there's no apostrophe in the, uh, between the L and the S. You know, yeah, they will let you have an apostrophe.com slash the angel's daughter. And yeah. so I write in it. Um, every couple weeks I write something, and I want to put some more photos and thoughts. I have a video on there about the angel's daughter. And uh, it was real labor of love. It was, it kind of took a life of its own. Because when I write it, I mean, and I, when I'm thinking of it, when I'm at night, when I can't sleep, or when I get up, and go to the computer, or I'm just lying there, I, it's like a movie in my mind. I write it like it's a a movie, like it's a film, and I see the characters and what they're going to say, and then it, the way it comes to me is quite amazing. And I mean, maybe all writers are like that, where you take the imagination and let it run. And it does. And it does. What do you want the readers to take away from this book? I think I think the main thing is that I think that it it kind of came to um, the point where I realized that I really believe angels are watching, guiding us, and uh, maybe they come in the forms of humans. Maybe they're you read stories that people really have actual experiences with angels. And I, I think that we're meant to do good works here. And, and maybe they inspire us and guide us. And, and the, the more you do for others, the more that you love other people, the more that you think positive and, and think about the joy in your life, the happier you, you become as a person. That's what I think. I've become, I'm happy. I can say I'm happy. No matter the pain I've gone through, 
I, and a woman told me that uh, right after I lost my daughter, another woman who had lost her son. She said, you will be happy again. But it's, it's a fight. It's a fight because you have, to, you have to choose it. And that's what I chose. I chose to try to do everything positive and, and maybe leave something like a legacy for my own children, my grandchildren, that they, they know that that's what I did. I tried to go the positive way. After you lose a child and when you're trying to get your life back together, uh-huh. it's really easy to go to worrying. Right. You know, to worry about how you're going to do it. Will you be okay? Will your twins be okay? Will your husband be okay? You know, what's going to happen to you now? What did you do to stop the worrying? I think we've talked about that before. Well, that's when my writing came in. Am I reading all things positive? That to, I think that. Um, if I asked you, Jody, you don't seem to worry too much about things. What can I do? I worry all the time. What would you tell me? Well, first you'd have to say to yourself, "Stop." I have to stop, and then you imagine how what you want. And you tell yourself, it's going to be okay. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to handle this. And then whatever creativity you have in your life, whatever you do to make yourself happy, do it. Reading, writing, art, helping people, whatever it is. Ah, helping people. That's a biggie. Well, I had this student once who I loved, and... um, she, when another teacher would get mad at her, she would get all upset. And then she would say to herself, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be all right. It's going to be okay. I'm going to be all right. Now think about that. I mean, it was huge what she was doing because she was telling herself she was going to be okay and it was going to be okay. And I just put it out there to God, the angels, Protect everybody I love and and help me cope with whatever. And then I go to my fantasy world, my my writing world, when I get a, you know, worry and try to think of all the wonderful things and what I can write and what I can think about and who inspires me. It's just sort of like a a theme in my life to just keep going and, and try never to feel sorry for myself. When I do, then I just say, stop it. You know, just keep going. Look at all you have. You know, the glass half empty or half full. Which would you rather say? Which would you rather look at that glass and think? So the same things that keep you from becoming bitter can stop you from from worrying. Oh, I was a big worrier. I needed those worry beads. I never had them. <laughs> we could probably could use them. <laughs> I was a terrible worrier because of the whatever in the life. But it doesn't, what good does it really do? It doesn't do you any good. It absolutely yeah. I mean, not that I don't ever, and I just try to, I just try to handle it because, and maybe that's getting older, you, you know, that's one of, you get wiser as you get older. It's really true. I mean, you also get wrinkles. <laughs> And your back hurts, but 
you get older, but you get wiser, and then your grown children don't get it. They don't think you're wise as you really are, and you realize well, you can't drum it into anybody's head. <laughs> they come around eventually. They, come, they do come around. <laughs> what, what kind of things can you do for other people that get you out of your own stuff? I work with a charity um, that helps young people and uh, children in group homes. That's what I do. That makes now, there's sense. so many things out there. You know, look around. Yeah. Just the closest nursing home is a place that you can go if you I don't thought of that. To. I thought of that because we used to volunteer. Our, our students used to volunteer in nursing homes. And those... Uh, residents, they just they would just be delighted. I think they should all have pets in the nursing homes. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And on that thought, we're going to take another break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Jody Sharp saying stay tuned. We're going to be back with more, so come right back. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Want more positivity in your life? Are you ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan, and Heather Brittany for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style. Be the star you are. A lineup of best-selling authors, celebrities, and experts. Join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio playground. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lend us your ears. It's power time. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Jody Sharp. We've been talking about her book, The Angel's Daughter. I recommend that if you want something that's really uplifting and feel-good book, that you take a look at that on in paperback or on Kindle. Um, you can't lose with this lovely little book. Judy, I, uh, Jody, I just renamed you. I'm no, sorry. People but, do that all the time, Irene. Uh, I know you're writing another book. I can am. You t- can you give us a little snippet of what that book's going to be? Are we going to see these same wonderful characters? Yes, a lot of the same because people love the town of Mystic Bay that I made up. They love that town. They love the characters. So I wrote in um, some of the characters are still there, but they have more of a sideline. I have a new char- new um, char- uh, main character whose name is Maggie, and she's the great granddaughter of Madame Norma, the, the oldest psychic in town. Ah. And uh, um, angels start appearing in the town. And it's, there's, love, there's a love story, there's a romance. There's intrigue, there's forgiveness, all the same things that were in the other book, but not the same storyline. And, of course, Bubbles the Squirrel does make an appearance because I had to. And um, so these angels come to town, but I'm, I'm having trouble naming the book. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask okay, my... the angels come to town. Well, yeah, but that's um... boring. So I have to think of something really cool. So uh-huh. how how do you come to a title for a book? Do you wait until the last? No. When Donna. I wrote this book, it came right in the beginning. This this new book is taking a while. Um, the tentative title is The Summer of Angels. But that's kind of boring. So I have to think of something very unique. And um, it hasn't come to me yet. I'm going to probably ask on my Facebook page for people to comment. Okay, if if one of our listeners has an idea for a title of a book uh, about angels, and you have, are, are do you have characters in this new book that are half angel, half human? Well, yeah, the same characters, same, the same work. ones. And then they, um, there's real. You know, how can they get? If somebody wants to na- help you name this book, and they have this wonderful idea, how do they get it to you? Well, I on Facebook, they could go on Facebook. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so well, that'd be great because I'm trying to think. But the new story—it's not the same story. But I love that town. I want to live there, and that's what people say. They want to live in that town, but it doesn't exist except in my mind. So it—it it, it can exist in your mind, but it—it's no place. <laughs> so if anybody who listens to this tape wants a hand in in, in naming this book, right? Go to Jody Sharp's Facebook page, The Angel's Daughter. Right, uh, and let her know what you think. And if you forget how to do that, you know, send me a note through the self improvement blog, and I'll get you in touch with Jody. Okay, uh, because this is a great idea. How many people get to name a book? Well, I mean, I took like Smarty. Your dog's going to be in the next book. <laughs> I hope it's a big book. Well, <laughs> and, and he will have to get in in the ebook because he'll eat it. Oh. Okay. Well, we'll get yeah, him no. a book. Yeah. He sure. he's quite a, a he loves books. He tries to chew the corner off of them first and then he goes for the pages. Oh. Uh-huh. It's it's that kind of thing. Well, I might I'll have, have to put that in the book. Tell then. Smarty that he's going to be a big star. 
Okay. Then, yeah, he is. He really is. I mean, I put a lot of my friends' animals in the book and their first names only with their permission and personalities. That was the, fun. The dog's personality or the owner? Both. <laughs> Uh-oh. How has your life changed since you wrote this book, Jody? Well, that's a good question because I've been shocked. I didn't know that anybody would like it. I didn't know what I I didn't know what the response would be because I gave a lot of books away to my friends. I mean a lot. And everybody liked it. Everybody loved it. Everybody found that a really soothing Wonderful, fun, wonderful story. And that kind of shocked me because as a child, I, I if you had told me as a child that I would ever grow up to be a teacher or write a novel, I would have thought you were crazy. So that little girl that that long ago didn't have any self-esteem now is a, um, I guess you'd say, woman of a certain age, older, um, amazing things have happened in my life that I never thought possible. So, because I this is a personal question, and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But, you know, have you been able to watch your self-esteem grow? Are you able to open up to letting it all come in? That's an interesting question. I'm I'm still in the process. I think because. This is an important part because when children don't have self-esteem, no matter whatever the reason, I don't think people that have not gone through that or didn't have happy, did not have happy childhoods don't realize how devastating it is. And so to me, it's a life journey. And it's been, and maybe that's part of that survival mode and, and having animals or outside influences and people and maybe certain teachers that change your life and they, they help you grow. And so I'm here I am with grown children and grandchildren and writing books and I'm still learning. And I think I'll learn till the day I die. I'll, I'll keep learning. I don't know everything, but I know, I believe in hope and I believe in joy and I believe that it is possible if you just keep trying to find it. And how does this how does this make you respond to other people when you realize that you've written a book, that people love it? Does it change the way you see, does it change the way you see you and does it change the way you see other people? Well, I think that I'm humbled by it. I never thought there would be that reaction. I thought it was one of those dreams that you have that people would like the book and that would be my dream. But then I, visualize that maybe they would like it. So when they do, it's a, a shock. And I, I've been astounded at the kindness of people, the kind souls, and the people that need to read things like that, that don't want to read a murder mystery, maybe something Right. Like and there's a lot of us out there. What's the final thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today, Jody? We're right up to the end of the show. Well, I want to leave it with a quote that's in the beginning of the book that helped me write the book that I found in one of uh, Norman Vincent Peale's books by an 18th century author named Robert Ingersoll. And this is a huge theme in my book and it's given me comfort all my life. 
and it, this is how it goes. In the night of death, hope sees a star, and listening love can hear the rustle of a wing. How lovely. Next week's guest is Dr. Lewis Coster. He's a physician who spent years with Doctors Without Borders and now works in the Australian Outback. He's written a remarkable book titled A New Language for Life, Happy No Matter What. Jody, thank you so much for being with us today. When that new book comes out, we're going to have to have you back. Okay. Well, thank you, Irene. That was such You're a pleasure. So, Thanks so much. You're so welcome. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Jody Sharp, saying thank you for being with us today and come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.